Good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, we are learning a very important topic because God is the one who initiate covenant making with us when He found people that He favored. And uh, so in this end time, we got to live in this covenant, in this covenant relationship because we need the faithfulness of God to, to work in us and through us so that His plan and purpose will be uh, fulfilled uh, in, in our life and in the generations to come. And uh, we learned that uh, King Solomon, he had a great start in his walk with God because of his father David. Uh, and because of the covenant that God made with his father and is passed down to him. And uh, despite of the fact that Solomon had a great start, but yet Solomon was not faithful to God. And eventually in a later part of his life, he broke the covenant. He did not obey uh, God. And as a result, uh, there are consequences. So this is what we want to learn, how people can break away from the covenant and uh, not continue to walk despite of the fact that they, he built the temple, the fantastic temple and experienced God in a mighty way. And yet he could walk away. And, and that's a warning to us that we would not fall into that, that way and, uh, and, and break the covenant and forfeit the promises of God in our life, in our generation, and in the generations to come. So let's look at 1 King 11, 1 King 11, 9 to 13. 9 to 13. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decree, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. So, how do we break covenant? How could Solomon break covenant with the experiences that he had and the blessing that he experienced uh, in God? The Bible tells us that because his heart had turned away from the Lord. It all begins in the heart. You know, Solomon probably never expect he would turn away from God when he looked at those uh, foreign women, those Gentile women, and he, probably he thought, you know, I have such great faith and experience, and uh, well, you know, they can do what they want, but I will be faithful to God. But because of the, the influence of this, his wives, many wives, and he built temple for the idols, and from this verse, we know that more than that, he himself also worshipped these idols. Can you imagine? Solomon would do that. 
No, he, he didn't completely just worship those idols. He will also go back to the temple and, and, and worship God if he's acceptable to God. That's why sometimes we can deceive ourselves because we, we still pray, we still worship God, but actually our hearts are already worshipping other idols. Maybe not idols made with uh, hands, but invisible idols that we, that our hearts love and, and our uh, commitment to the law is, is, is now uh, compromised. So Solomon did that and God was angry. You know, we, early on in his life, God was so pleased with Solomon, but now God is angry with him. And God said, you know, he would take the kingdom away and give it to, to, to others. Okay, so, so breaking the covenant, it begins with the heart and it's reflected in our attitude. In verse 11, the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude, your attitude, and you have not kept my decrees. So when the heart is gone, it, it, it suffers in our attitude. Uh, the way we talk about God, you know, when we were passionate about God, you know, the way we talk about God, when there is something wrong with the heart, you know what happened in today's uh, situation? When something is wrong with the heart, they begin to talk about the church in a negative way. They begin to talk about the pastor in a negative way. You see, when their heart is right, they are being blessed. They talk good, but now their heart is wrong. They begin to talk negative. It is because of the heart. You know? And sometimes when the heart is wrong, people begin to justify. Justify their disobedience, justify their action. And some who have gone away from the Lord, they begin to say, well, you know, there's so much suffering in this world. You know, where is God? I, I don't believe in Him anymore. You know, now these people's heart is having problems. They, they justify themselves. They talk as if they are more loving than God. They talk as if they really care about the suffering of the people. But the truth is, they are deceiving themselves. They are justifying their rebellions, uh, their disobedience, and, and, and breaking of the covenant. So, The deception for some people is they, they never totally leave uh, God. They, they still worship God. So covenant was destroyed because of our heart, reflected in our attitude, reflected in the way that we no longer reverend God. Look at Malachi 2, verse 1 and 2. And now, you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you and I will curse your blessing. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. So in order for us to keep the covenant, the heart of reverence, the heart of honor must be there. And... Uh, we, we go down to verse 5. He said, My covenant was with 
him with Levite, the, the forefathers of the priests, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him this call for reverence. And he reverenced me and stood in awe of my name. So can you see the attitude of reverence for God will result in thanksgiving, will result in obedience, will result in us wanting to see God's plan and God's will fulfilled because there is a reverence in our heart for God. But when that attitude, that reverence is not there, then there's no longer any obedience because we are no longer thankful. Uh, and, and, and so God warned them, if you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor me. Priests are supposed to serve God, supposed to honor God and listen to God, but now they don't. We are priests. We are called to, into the royal priesthood. Do we obey and honor him? And uh, God told this present priest, the reason why you're in the covenant, the reason why you're blessed is because of your forefather, Levi, and his claim. Because there were a time when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and these people begin to worship the golden calf. I believe you know the story. And God was angry. God told Moses, he's going to destroy all these people. Moses came down from Mount Sinai and saw what happened and Moses was so angry. And so God told Moses in the Exodus 32, verse 27 to 29. Exodus 32, 27 to 29. Then Moses said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each man struck a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. Verse 29, Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and brothers. And he has blessed you this day. So in order for us to reverend and honor God, we, we place our relationship with him above all other relationships. Even to the detrimental uh, uh, consequence of our own children, of our own sons, of our brothers, neighbors and friends. But God is the great king, God is the supreme person that we, we are faithful to. So, so the Levites, because of the instruction of Moses, they begin to strap, take the sword and kill, and that day killed 3,000. Some of them are their sons, some of them are their brothers. So that averted the anger of God uh, so that the nations was not totally destroyed. And because Levites, and his claim, they were faithful. They reverend God, they honor God, they obey God. Above all other relationship, God said, you are set apart. I make covenant with you. And that's why those priests to, at this time, in, 
during Malachi's time, they're enjoying the, the privilege of serving God. They're enjoying the blessing that come as a result of their forefathers. And so we, we recognize here again that the covenant has to pass down from one generation to another and we in this generation will have to fulfill our parts in order to keep that covenant uh, and, and, and cause those promises to be fulfilled in our life. And one of the things that is so difficult in church is this. We... We honor our children, those who are close to us, more than God. You know, when there is a situation where it involves our people as compared to maybe the leaders at the church, we cannot make the right decision because we will be influenced by our family members, we'll be influenced by those who are close to us. And to so much so, many times people will turn against the pastor because of the relationship. They will turn against the church because of the relationship. They cannot make the right decision. And God said, if you want to keep the covenant, you want to honor me, you've got to, uh, you want to uh, keep the covenant, you've got to honor me. You've got to reverend me. A birth, all these things. And Levite did that. And that's why uh, the descendants enjoy uh, the blessing. And then, now that they are in this covenant during... Um, Malachi's time. And they are to sac bring sacrifice and, and to uh, offer those offerings on behalf of the people to God. And this priest begins to murmur and complain because this ministry is not easy. You know, you have to clean the, the, the bulls and the animals and slaughter them and cut them to pieces sometimes. And you see, it's a very dirty, bloody, because there's a lot of blood, you know, job. But it's, a, it's an honor because other people cannot offer sacrifice. Only you can, as a priest, you can offer sacrifice. Only you can enter into the, 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 the special presence of God as priest. But this priest begins to murmur and complain. It's such a burden to serve God. And then because of their, they did not honor God, they begin to offer sacrifice that is blemished, animals that is sick, crippled, you know, that God commanded not to. So they are not, not offering acceptable and reasonable sacrifice. So God said, why should I receive this offering from you? I'm a great king. Will I accept this kind of offering from you? Right, let's look at it in Malachi 1, verse 12. Onwards. But you, the priest, profane it by saying, the Lord's table is defiled, and its foot is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured lamb or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord, cursed is a cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. 
So we we have to consider serving God as a privilege, as an honor, as a as as a as a blessing, rather than a burden. You know, people who felt that way, they will murmur, they will complain, they will release a toxic atmosphere that influences those who round about them, so that people's heart will turn against God. And 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 affected by them, but those who serve God gladly, they will pass on the joy to others, and the honor for God to others. So God is warning this priest, and we are caught into the priesthood, that if we do not reverend Him, we break the covenant. We offer unreasonable. Unacceptable sacrifice before God, then he he say, God is the one who say, you know, you are cursed, and I've cursed the blessing as well. So, and God say, I say this not because I want to do it. I I'm saying this to you as a warning, so that you will keep the covenant, so that this covenant can continue. From your forefathers, Levi, up to you now, it will continue. It's an eternal covenant. So God wants the people to repent. So what are the consequences when we break the covenant? What are the consequences? And uh, God spoke to Solomon after he dedicated the temple, and he appeared to Solomon the second time. Look at First King nine, verse six. First King nine, verse six. But if you and your descendants Turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you, and go off to serve other gods and worship them. Then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule among all the people. What are the consequences when we break the covenant? Remember, the land is associated with the covenant, and God says, "I will remove you from the land. I will cut you off from the land." So, can you see when we break the covenant, those promises, those blessings will also be broken and and taken away uh, from us. So, we will lose that territorial influence as a holy nation upon the nations of the world. We'll lose. Our calling will lose our identity, our purpose, the real purpose in in life, and we'll lose the respect of the people. Because now they see us as a holy nation, they see God with us, they see what God has done, and they honor. They knew that our God is a great God. And then the next thing is, he said, "I'm going to reject the temple." Remember, God just appeared. His presence, His glory, just filled the temple, and and God answered Solomon's prayer that when they call to God in this temple, God will answer. But now God says, if you break the covenant by disobedience, I will reject this temple. That special presence of God, that glory of God, will be removed. That special relationship that we have with God is also gone, and. Uh, Yeah. 
the worst, the worst consequence, the worst consequence is that this ju- judgment or discipline will continue through the generations. Sometimes God's judgment doesn't appear immediately in this generation when we break the covenant, but it will go down to the next generation and the generation after. And that is the worst. If it only happened in our generation and it is completed, then it's a different story. But the judgment, the consequence could pass down to the generations. Look at First uh, King 11 verse 12, after Solomon has turned away from God. Verse 12, Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son, yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So God is going to remove the kingdom away from Solomon. And because of David, he would not do it during Solomon's time because God promised that his son Solomon would take over the kingdom. So God is the one who honors his word. God is the one who honors his covenant. When we fulfill the condition, he will do it. And even in this case, what he has promised long time ago, he will work around it and eventually fulfill it for David's sake. But in this case, it didn't happen during Solomon's lifetime. Israel, the nation, was split into the northern and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. And more than that, the worst thing is eventually both these two half of the kingdom are destroyed, are totally destroyed. So can you see, what started with Solomon, it continued down through the generation until the nations was destroyed. And God said, for the sake of David, he will always maintain it. It's because of his covenant with David. The whole nation was not completely uh, uh, destroyed. Okay, and uh, back to Malachi 2, verse 3. He said, because of you, I will rebuild your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it. So can you see the, the judgment come to the next generation? God say, I'll rebuild your descendants because of what we have done, right? And then God will allow shame to come. He says, smear your face with uh, the dung from the sacrifice. Okay, so, um, so that's why we, we want to listen to those warnings and make sure we Keep the covenant. Make sure the covenant will continue from this generation to the next, to the next, until Jesus comes. Because this is an eternal covenant. And so that God's promises will be fulfilled uh, throughout our life uh, and, and the generations to come. Okay, when we, how do we keep the covenant in this end time? Particularly this time, we know we're into this new era. We know that we're into this last season of time before the coming of the Lord Jesus. And we also know that during this reset, there's a lot of destruction. 
And the Bible tells us that Satan knows that his time is short. So he, out of his anger, will do maximum damage. In this kind of environment, what, what's going to happen? How can we keep it? In uh, Hebrews 10, verse 32 to 34, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endure in a great conflict, full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffer along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourself had better and lasting possessions. So we are able to stand because we received the light. Because we truly know and encounter God. We know that this covenant is eternal, this covenant is real and we will receive a better and lasting possessions so brothers and sisters whether we are able to stand is is how much truth we have in us when we have this light when we have this truth we will be able to stand if not we will look at our present security and present benefit and we'll go for present benefit but when we have the light in us we know that God is a faithful God. God is eternal. And all that He said will come to pass. Jesus is coming again. And when we have those light in us, those hope in us, even though we suffer greatly, and He said, these people, they, they suffer joyfully, even though their property was confiscated, their life threatened. Okay, so that's the first thing. We must have the light in us to be able to stand in this season of time. So we got to know that these are not easy times ahead of us. But we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the great light. And then the, the next thing is verse 35. He says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So we know that God rewards us and there is a rich reward waiting for us when we stand firm, when we obey His will. Verse 36, you need to persevere so that what you have done, uh, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. So the word is clear. A lot of people, they, they, they just say everything is grace, they they don't follow God. They just say everything is grace and they expect when they see the Lord, they're going to receive all the blessing. But the Word of God says, when you obey and when you have done the will of God, then you will receive the promise. So there is a rich reward waiting for us, for those who stand firm, for those who walk in His will. Hold on to the promise. And then to verse 37, For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Listen, let me read that again. In just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. 
And, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I not take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and destroy and are destroyed. But to those who have faith and are saved. So the, we have the light. We know there is a better reward, a great reward awaiting for us who do the will of God. And then the, the, the other thing that we need to remind ourselves is he who is coming, he's coming soon and he will not delay. You know, especially for us, because the church history has gone 2,000 over years and we have mentioned this is the new era, this is a final preparation for the coming of the Lord. And truly, this verse is so true for us. He who will come, uh, he who is coming will come and will not delay. So this suffering is not going to prolong for too long. And we can live in anticipation that Jesus will come when we are going through that, that uh, very difficult time. And uh, so we need to be patient. We need to endure what we're going through. And uh, we need to live by faith, believing. And those who live by faith, the Word of God says they will be saved. You know, the righteous will live by faith. So, we know that God is the one who treasured the covenant relationship, the covenant that He made with us. And He will be faithful. He will fulfill the covenant. But we have our part to do. And we know that we can break the covenant. And, and tonight we learn through the life of Solomon and the priests that we, when we break away from God, it begins in the heart. And it's reflected in our attitude. And one key attitude is there's no reverence for God. No reverence for, for His presence and, and His promises. But when we honor Him, we obey Him, we do His will, we will receive our great reward because we know He's coming. And He's coming soon and will not delay. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the messages that you are releasing to us at this crucial time. We know that the world is heading for difficult times and we need your word to hold on to. And we thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you who is coming will come soon and will not delay. And whatever that we experience whatever suffering that we will encounter, Lord, is only for a season because at the end, you will appear. At the end, you will come with great rewards for those who faithfully walk in the covenant, walk in your promise. And we look to you, O oh God, to, be, uh, to, to grant us grace, O oh God, so that we can stand all this testing that is coming our way so that we can uh, honor you and, and, and be a blessing to the nations to bring the nations to know you too. God bless your people, bless your churches, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.